Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. It's starting up. We go through this every time. <laughs> I'll start us up. Okay. You start. Welcome back to the podcast guys chris can you believe this is number 40 it is crazy 40 weeks already 40 straight weeks without missing one unbelievable that's can you believe cool. that yeah pretty cool pretty soon we're going to be on uh one year coming up here yeah big one year uh anniversary yeah. special special anniversary episode yeah might have to might have to go for an hour make it a make it a special edition one hour long podcast right and have like four or five six different topics hmm um today's topic uh it's two parts and uh the first part is we want to we told everybody on episode 39 that we would briefly touch on uh your your bear hunt you had up in uh upstate new york so let's give everybody uh the uh the sad news on your bear hunt here the skinny on the hunt yeah give us a brief rundown what happened okay i'll try to keep it brief but (laughs) <laughs> I, I left it. I left on a Sunday night at midnight. I got up there about 7 a.m. in the town of Inlet, New York, there at the base of the Adirondack National mm-hmm. Park. And I, the two fellows I was supposed to meet, they came along at about 7.30 and got me. We went back, set up camp, and we right away at about 9 a.m. we hit the woods and we had an all-day sit. And nothing, nothing was seen or heard. Uh, and that seems to be the common thread of this, this episode nothing <laughs> that I'm telling you heard. we, for three days, we had a whole three day hunt. I was there four days, but we did three day hunt. The first two days rained off and on. It's kind of nasty out, uh, but not a wash out. It wasn't unhuntable by any means, but beautiful scenery, lots of creeks with, uh, beaver ponds and things um and it the the leaves up there were already starting to change the weather was a little cooler uh, i woke up two different mornings one was 44 the other one was 37 Ooh. and i was staying in a tent you know so it, it was chilly mm-hmm. but uh the moral of this story was there was no food left in the woods for the bears um or deer for that matter we we went three days without seeing a bear or a deer crazy uh it's in the mountains right yeah i mean it was this was a true hunt this was no guided thing or this was a do-it-yourself and we struck out man totally struck out we we went there and after that first night that all day sit and nothing moved at all i told the other guys i'm like we've got to walk tomorrow we've got to find food and uh i did we 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 walked from the campsite to this, what's called the Mitchell Pond. And it's a trail that goes all the way out to this. They, they assume that it's a natural lake. And um, it's 3.7 miles one way to get to it. So we hiked out there. And right around the pond, I found crab apples. Find a couple apple trees. And they still had a couple apples on them. That was the only thing that we found food-wise. Um, but 
it's a tourist attraction. So we like, there was like hikers and other mm. hunters and stuff, you know, all around the, the lake. So we didn't want to stay right there and like set up. So we find this trail off to the side of the pond and it climbed up over the hill all the way to the top. And we got on top of that ridge and, you know, I could not find an oak tree to save my life. I was trying to see if there was any acorns around. No acorns. So I started looking a little deeper and found beech nut. Now, beech nut were hitting the ground. They must have hit the ground a week or two before we got there, I, I would estimate. Because mm -hmm. they was all cracked open and all the nuts were gone. You yeah. know, I found all the halls that were split open, you know. Um, so at one time there was a bunch of beech nut dropping and the place is polluted with cherry trees, which is why the bears are there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, the choke cherries obviously dropped way before we got there because there was no, absolutely no sign of cherries. Um, when we went back into town, I ran into some of the local hunters and asked them, uh, they wanted to kill you. And uh, they didn't know I wasn't from around there. Ooh, all right. So I was safe. But I asked them, I said, anybody seeing or shooting anything? They were like, nope. And he goes, his exact words were, if you find the cherries, you might find a bear. And I was like, yeah, good luck with that. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, we're having the same issue. So that was the common thread of the whole thing. Now, so, it was beautiful scenery. Yeah. yeah I haven't been literally hardcore camping like that since I was a kid in a tent, you know, and, and cooking on a Coleman stove and all. I mean, it was fun. I had a good, I, we had a great time, you know, me and the two guys that went with me and uh, we made the best of it, just cutting up and having camp and cooking around the fire and mm -hmm. hanging out, you know, I mean, it was a good time. Yeah. That's uh, all. That's always fun. Yeah. It's always a bonus. If you get, and I, I just but... kept telling the guys, they were like, what do you think? What do you think? I'm like, well, I ain't work. I'm not at work, so I'm okay. You know, I'm, I got a couple of days off. You know, they were kind of disappointed because the one guy got a bear there last year right across mm -hmm. from camp, mm. right exactly where we were staying. But he said last year it was polluted with cherries. So gotcha. yeah, that was the difference. That was, that made or broke the whole trip, and it was broken because well, no, no food. So basically, long story short, you suck at bear hunting. I'm an excellent bear hunter. Look, look, look at that. Look at that. Right there. Yeah, we know. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, Open young record book bear. Woo! It's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. It, I mean, I've been was, there many. I haven't been there. I'm just saying I've been in that situation many times. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you take a do it yourself hunt like that mm -hmm. and you've never seen the place before and you go in there, it's basically a scouting trip. And, uh, so we, we did the scouting that we needed to do and still came up empty. Um, but now next year, if we would happen to go back there and do that again, why we would know good suspect places to sit and be providing that there's food. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if, if the cherries are hitting the ground and the beech nuts are hitting the ground at the time that we go, it might be a different story, but this time it's horrible. We didn't, we didn't even find deer prints or deer scat. Crazy. I know there's Nothing. not, I know that in general, there's not many deer per square mile up there. No, no, it's far and few between really. But you know, they said every once in a while you, you, 
that would keep your interest, mm-hmm. you know. Now, the one guy did go off on an excursion, and he said that he found an old pile of scat, bear scat, and he's seen a couple of tails. So he indeed did see a couple of deer, I guess. But the, the other two of us, we did not see a thing except for many, many red squirrels. Lots of turkeys up there. Not many deer. I did not see any birds. They have pine tree. I I, I don't know what they are. Pine or uh, what do you call them? Well, there's uh, what, what do you call them? Loud lolly pines. I don't know what kind of pines Spruce? they were. Conifer? They were probably. They were probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they were. But we find these trees. There was some kind of pine that I bet you. Two of us couldn't reach around them. Possibly a third person. Wow. All hands connected may or may not be able to touch each other's hands. They were that big. And so there was no branches down low. No. They they were straight as a freaking telephone pole, man. And I bet you we find some that were 200 feet tall. Mm. Wow. I, I would, I would, that they were easily 100 feet. Mm-hmm. because we was on the side of a mountain and those things reached so high to get sunlight. And that's, that's another reason why there wasn't any food down low. You know, mm-hmm. those things went up and branched out and there was a big canopy. So you were, you were hunting all big woods. Yeah, it was big woods. Like, gotcha. like I was afraid to like get separated from anybody because I mean, there was absolutely no internet no phone no nothing we had no we were whistling back and forth to each other mm-hmm. you know should have um, had uh like two-way radios well that's what i said to the guys don't two-way radios work here and he's like you know what we never tried that i'm like I, yeah i have a set. come on yeah they work good let's get into the uh technology here you know yeah just in case so, you never never know when you need it yeah i mean because because we <laughs> we the last night in, <clears throat> we went in, they dropped me off first. Another guy went ahead of me, and a third guy went out ahead of him. And the third guy got antsy and had to use the restroom. And he did this big loop out around us and went back to camp. And me and the other guys waiting, waiting, waiting. It's getting dark. It's getting dark. All I got is a pen light. The other guy didn't even have a flashlight, you know. Uh so we're waiting, we're waiting, waiting. And I told him, I said, you know what? We better get back to camp and regroup. And if we need to come back for him or whatever, you know, listen. If he's lost, you know, listen for three shots or, you know, gather up some flashlights, go back looking for him or whatever. You know, we get back to camp. And uh, he was in the outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> that, was funny, that was the funniest part of this of the whole story and the, go, the other dude was so mad at him he cursed him out but he got over it pretty quick we were just yeah. happy everybody was safe but, yeah so okay right. that was my brief story but you know in a couple of weeks here i'm going down to see dave and we're gonna go sick hunting in the eastern shore of maryland yes we are so you can we're get gonna fill coolers so full get, of meat so you can get beat up by locals <laughs> i'm gonna tell him you're from pa yeah i will kill you <laughs> all right so that's your bear hunt yeah um what you got i did want to mention this real quick episode 41 next wednesday i hope everybody tunes in or sunday i show up everybody next tunes into that one that's all going to be about the october law 
Hopefully, we have some stories to tell by then, too. We will, because hunting season starts in PA this weekend, so we'll be both there. And uh, I just want to talk on the October law next weekend, or Mm -hmm. next episode. So, the second part of this, though, is I want to talk about um, habitat improvements that we make on our properties, private land, obviously, um, that you can kind of make your you kind of like self-destruct your, your property here because, you know, one, you make too many improvements or two, you get antsy and you, you can't stop checking your improvements. So you spook all the deer. <laughs> um, so yeah. I want to run down on this, on just on some brief things. And um, I see it all the time on consulting, but I mean, I, you know, everybody does it, you know, in the past you get excited and stuff. So, yeah. I'll break it down, then you can you can chime in. But um, when the biggest factor on this, everybody that's listening, is you have to be careful, you know, bumping deer off your property. If you continuously bump them off, they're just going to go somewhere else. What happens is people get excited. They make improvements on their land, especially food plots. If you start to do that, if you all you let's say all you do is plant a food plot on your property you're going to attract deer you don't have to do anything else you're you're going to attract more wildlife well what happens then if you attract more wildlife there's more chances of you spooking deer because there's more wildlife there to spook yeah more conflict more conflict so you have there's more interaction there's more deer you know you when you place food on a property it offsets bedding you know where there's food deer are going to want to bed fairly close to that because there's food there so you're going to rearrange sometimes the bedding where the deer are bedding so now you have food you have more deer that can be in the food to spook obviously most times you're going to hunt over that food so how are you going to get in and out of it but you know what the biggest factor in this is is that people cannot stop checking their food plot they can't stop checking it checking for germination checking for height right because they're excited it's exciting to watch it grow and but you can't do that you cannot go in your woods constantly every day once a week couple times a week you cannot do that most times you are going to bump a deer and you're not even going to know it and then in your mind you're not seeing deer this place sucks well no it's because you cannot stay out of the freaking woods yeah you cannot do that you have to let it go you you can't just because you plant something you can't doesn't mean they're going to be there no matter what it 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 it, you the more improvements you do on your property actually the worse you can make it because you're constantly spooking deer right I can agree with that. I try to, I try to let my trail camera soak at least two weeks before I check them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just go in there once every two weeks, gather up the card, and get out. Now I did have to go in at the beginning of this week since I was on that bear hunt, and I went out and hung the stands for PA this week, a couple stands. Um, that's the last I'm going to see of it till I'm actually sitting in the stand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a good idea to frequent 
often, especially if you know you've got a good shooter on camera mm-hmm. somewhere. That deer could be anywhere. And like you just said, they're probably going to see you before you see them. So you bump them off. That might be the last time he's ever on the property. You just never know. And let's think real quick too. Let's say you, like you just said, you know, you have a shooter. Well, let's say that we don't have a shooter because we haven't seen one on camera. Right. It could be that you're spooking them off and they're just not in there. You, you right. pushed them off, right? So mm-hmm. if you stop checking it so much, maybe you could have a shooter. Could possibly, yeah. Yeah, if you're in there spreading scent, you know, if a deer comes across your line of travel, that's a that's a big misnomer to them. You know, they, they don't want to be in that area. I think especially, it's especially if it's a mature deer. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. can get away with two-year-olds or whatever, you know. And I mean, if that's what you want to shoot, that's fine. But I mean, well, they can only take so much too. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking for a really good one, and you better be a ghost. Mm-hmm. I think it's better that they see you and not smell you. If they smell you, I think it's it's over. <sighs> if you're just a person walking and they see you and you they see you far away and they and you bump them, yeah, I think that's better than if you say if you're up close to them or something and and they smell you yeah because the the unknown to them is very spooky mm-hmm. they see um, people all the time if, if if they're if they're seeing you like if you're like if, for instance when i'm over the destination plot and i'm mowing deer still come into the plot with me they hear that engine roaring they know they're in no danger they just keep on eating until they mm-hmm. get tired and they leave well, they see yeah. that all the time. They see it. They see it happening. But if you're in a tree and you're 10, you know, 10, 12, 14 feet above them and they smell you, but they don't see you, that freaks them out, man. Mm-hmm. That's when they start blowing and stomping and all that stuff, you know. That's, I, I would have to agree with your comment. Yeah, I, I think if, if they see you, not, not necessarily hanging in a tree and they see you, you know, yeah. that's not a good thing. Right, but if you're just checking your plot or something, and you you walk through, it's yeah. Probably... Because I mean, you don't know where that deer could be. I mean, you could make bedding areas, but that deer at the end of the day is going to bed where it wants. I mean, how many yeah. times have we seen where a a buck or something is just just decides to plop down in the middle of your food plot? Right. Well, all of a sudden you're coming behind a a you know patch of woods or something. The deer hears you. It's gonna get. It's gonna take off, and you never, you never even knew it was there. Yeah, I, I literally, when I set up those stands Monday night, the uh, property owner was in there cutting some trees. Mm. The property owner right next, right up against me, he was, he was cutting some small firewood and stuff up with a chainsaw. And while he was doing that, I was hanging a, a uh, chain on stand there on the tree, and. As he was leaving, I'm talking like he shut the saw off and 10 minutes later, I'm down the tree line. Now I'm standing up a ladder stand and I've got the thing up in the air. I haven't chunked it back against the tree yet, but for some whatever reason, I don't know if it caught my eye or what, or I heard something. I looked to my right and two bucks come right out of the brush line. 
walk through my screening and out into the field. Mm -hmm. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm standing right here. Obviously the wind was blowing the other way. You know, that was, that was Doge, right? No, two bucks. Oh, two bucks, two bucks, a half rack and a spike. Mm -hmm. Um, the half rack looked like he's probably second year because he had a nice one side and the other side was all goofy, but, um, they come right out, went right underneath. Not, not only did the landowner just get done cutting with the chainsaw 10 minutes ago, but I just hung a stand right where they came out. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't believe that they, I had rubber boots on, but I'm surprised they didn't smell where I walked back and forth along the tree line, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they just zipped right across and went out and was starting to eat my fall plot. You can look at it too this way. You know, you're in an area where there's a lot of visitors. There's a lot of human traffic. So they're, they're, they tend to smell people. They sort of get used to it. Yeah. If you're in a, but if I'm hunting, Oh, if I'm different. over there hanging from a tree, oh, and if they would ever catch a whiff of me, yeah, it's done, whoa. done for. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Now, last year, last year I had this one crazy doe that spotted me up in a tree from across the plot, and I don't know what that is, maybe eighty yards away or something. She would walk through my screening and look over there. She marked me. Mm -hmm. I must have stuck out to her somehow. She's seen me and remembered that. And every time I was in that tree, if that particular deer came to the plot, she stood across the plot and stared at me and stomped her foot. Mm -hmm. And and then she would walk out of the plot and walk the whole whole way around and go to the other side. Yeah. She would go right around me. She knew I was there. I've seen that crazy. I've seen that many times. I had, I'd say probably 10 years ago or so I was hunting and I was in this one tree and this trail was out in front of me, like 20 yards or whatever. Well, I got pinned one time. They, you know, the deer mm-hmm. blew out, whatever. I hunted there like a couple of days later. They did the same thing you did. Right. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'll, I'll let it rest or something. So I waited like two weeks and the deer came back again through that same trail. Yep. Pinned me again. Looked so right I, up. So I said, okay, I'll fix this problem. I shifted my stand like 15 feet to another tree. They came out and I was able to, I was able to shoot one, but they, they will pin you in that one spot. Yeah. So the the moral of the story, what Dave's talking about here is uh, pattern a deer. Don't let the Mm. deer pattern you. Oh, they will going in and out. If you're going in and out and, you know, checking on things, they're going to pattern you, Mm -hmm. you know, change it up, do it less often, stay out if you can. Yeah. The only time, like, I mean, in the off season, like, you know, you're growing a food plot or something. It's not hunting season. I mean, right. what do you need to check the plot for? I mean, just let it, yeah, just let it grow. I mean, if you check it one time, it like, let it go. And yeah, you know, you, I mean, if, it, you have, if it's if you have, July and August, you know, it probably doesn't ca- matter, but yeah, who cares? They're, they're getting into fall patterns now and you don't want to bust that up. No, that's that's a good point. Yeah, if, if they're daylighting mm-hmm. and you've got them on camera and they're hitting mock scrapes and stuff, you know, do not get rid of them. Keep yeah, because on your property as much as you can. Yeah, you know, they, like you said, they're they're shifting into fall yep. fall areas, and if you're bumping them out of that new area, they're just going to go someplace else. Yep, they'll go somewhere else, and your neighbor that you don't like 
across the way will shoot one. Well, let's <laughs> and say, upset you. <laughs> well, let's just give it a, a good example of what we talked about before the podcast started. Was your we talked about Saturday opening day? Yeah, I asked you if you were going, and you're making a educated decision to not hunt that one spot in the mornings because right. if you go over there, you're just going to bump them out. You're yes. waiting to hunt till the afternoon. Yes. So that's the type of choices that people need to make. I mean, yeah, I mean, I bet you are excited and be like, man, I want to go over there in the morning. I I would love to spend all day over there, but right. But you know, it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Because I have, I have a hundred daylight pictures of bucks on my mock scrape Mm -hmm. and, and they're like seven 40 in the morning, Mm -hmm. you know, but how do I get, how do I get to that stand? Yeah, I've I've got to walk through the woods stealthily, mm-hmm. and the field edge is right there. You yeah, know they're going to be in there. Yeah, I have screening up and all, but they're either going to be bedded on the edge of that field, or they're going to be in the field. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for me to get in there. You know, there it's just the way the lay of the land is. I don't have an entrance. Yeah, it's not a worth good it. entrance. You know, so yeah. it's definitely an evening spot. Now, excuse me my property down here below the house now i have little kill plots down there but they don't necessarily lay right there every once in a while i'll bust one you know but majority of the time i will be able to make it get up in my stand and at first light they'll start moving by me so i i've known that from a lot of years you know, they've educated me, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, making decisions. That's another thing. Your cameras, you, you know, your best friend at this point. Yeah. I mean, if you're using cell cams, um, yeah. I mean, that, that'll tell you when they're, you know, obviously they can walk many places besides yeah, but, in front of it, but it gives you a good indication. Yep. Keep an eye on the uh, timeline of what, when the deer are moving mm-hmm. and tell you whether or not you can hunt that in the morning. Yeah. You know, whether or not you can get in undetected. Yeah, I mean each one each each food plot, each area is gonna now, be different, depends where they're where they're bedded at and all that. There's something we need to talk about sometime too. Not today, obviously, because we're running out of time. But when we set up trail cameras, what direction do we set them? You know, how do we set up a camera for Intel? to hunt we need to do something like that well let's tie that into the october law okay yeah because let me write that down too while pattering deer in the october law using trail cameras yeah about time you come up with something everybody make sure everybody (laughs) comments down below gets on this guy (laughs) coming up with ideas (laughs) i gotta think of everything all right but yeah so Long story short, stop checking your freaking food plots. Let them, <laughs> let them, let them grow. Let them go. Just like a deer, just like the deer. Let them grow. Let them go. Let them grow. It's the same yeah. with the food plot. It's not going to change in a day. You don't need to check it every single day and take pictures and walk through the walk through your property. It's the biggest devastation that you can do is constantly checking your plots, walking through the woods, hunting in areas that you know. You're going to bust deer out. You can't continue to do that. You'll push the deer off to your neighbors. Your neighbors will shoot them. And then you're left in the dark wondering why 
you have no deer, you have no big bucks. It's because you push them off, the neighbors shoot them, or they just go elsewhere and they're on your property at nighttime. And if they're on yeah. your property at nighttime, it doesn't help you at all because you can't kill them unless you're hunting illegally. And we don't want anybody to do that. So no. um, you have to you have to be smart about it. You know, habitat improvements 100% can make your property worse. And it's not necessarily because of the improvement. It's because of the human intrusion factor. Yep. Which will tie into next week's. Yeah. Because I know it. where you're going with this. Yep. <clears throat> so this podcast is going to come out on Sunday, which will be after uh pa's archery season opener but yes. i wish everybody uh good luck me and you will be out it should be it's supposed to be yep. good weather and um hopefully we have some updates next week yeah if nothing else i'm hoping to lay a doe down there right you away. go there you go right away all right okay guys 39 Let's wrapped up see you on the next one. No, sorry 40. 40. 40. Yeah, 40 40 wrapped up 40 like your age whatever later <laughs>